Hey guys, this is Matt from Dinosaur Pileup, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Chris. Yo. So <clears throat> we're back already. We decided to do another one because, well, luckily, not luckily, but there's another pay-per-view this week for wrestling. So. And there's been a lot of news. Yeah. On top of that. So that's why Chris is over. So we figured you're over. We'll just throw, uh, throw it on there. And, of course, the uh, thing that always happens with a podcast, like you do one and then big news happens the next, the day. next day, in which it was happened technically two days later, but sure. still. Uh, so we talked about all the big news that happened, like, Petro's possibly last game and all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. He basically came out and said a lot of good quotes. We won't get into all of them. There's a lot of really good quotes there, but basically saying, I want, I want to be the Blues. It does mean a lot. My legacy does mean a lot to me, like being the having a statue out front, being able to be, have like the most games played in history, the best defenseman to ever put on the note, basically. Yep. You could obviously – or maybe eventually – you believe what happens, him when he says it? Part of me does, man. I don't know, man. He seems like a pretty much straightforward guy. The the only reason, but also, I thought David Backus was the same way. Well, I think there's a difference between Backus and and Petro. And oh, real quick, that was me calling like Backus like a complete liar or anything. But I always thought like, yeah, I didn't would, think Backus would walk. I didn't think he'd be a money chaser, and that turned no, out to be I didn't. the case. But anyway, um, to that end, the the reason that I'm skeptical uh, is not because of hockey, um, but because of Albert Pujols. You know, for years, not just the offseason leading up to, but for years leading into what was ultimately Albert's final year as a Cardinal, you kept hearing, it's not about money, it's not about money, it's about winning championships. It's about playing at the best place to get me a championship. He left the Cardinals the year after winning the World Series. Yep, they won the World Series and he was out. For a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't begrudge him that. Hey. But that's be a honest, family. yeah. You know that, that. I guess that's my my only complaint when it comes to athletes, and and I get that like you can't show all your cards. I, I get it. I get that there's a they're a still finesse. playing a game right now. Yeah, there's there's a finesse to the free agency, um, but you know, I, I just would I like to see Petro stay. Yes. Do I believe at the end of the day the Blues are going to make him? The most lucrative offer? No. I do believe that there will be someone out there, be it the Toronto Maple Leafs or someone, who will offer him more money and possibly more term. So if that happens, where does Petro go? You know, it's... Like we said in the last podcast, I don't see him going to a team that's on the rebuild. Yeah, but so I don't I, think I don't think Toronto's that far away from being there. No, they got all they got the high power quarters. Sure. sure. By the, by money too. Yep. We are a little room after we made the yes, our podcast. They, they got rid of Casper uh, Kapanen for basically a draft pick. Sent him back to Pittsburgh. Back to Pittsburgh, who traded him originally. So yep. uh, I believe it was the Phil Kessel trade. I believe. I think you're right. So. Uh, on the last thing on Petro before we move on for that part, 
McGregor did uh, tweet out. He did a retweet of actually Carlo Koliakovo's tweet. So, okay. Koliakovo tweeted, I truly believe that Alex Pierangelo's heart is in St. Louis, but are the Blues really going to let him walk for less than market value? I think many teams, including the Maple Leafs, would love to have him on their team right now. Sure. And then uh, Dreger retweeted that and said, I bu- it's believed the Blues made an offer this week. Early in the process, but it sounds like there's a lot of work to be done to keep Petrangelo in St. Louis. That was two days ago. We're recording once again on Sunday, Sunday. the 30th. So that was retweeted. That was on Friday sometime. Yeah. So, so, the, so obviously they're getting – I think Armstrong's out there. He said all the right things too. He's sure. like, I basically came in the same time as uh, Petrangelo, so we both grown up in an organization together. Um I want he's the captain. I want him to be with the team, so on and so forth. Everybody said the right things. Of course they did. And so now it's a matter of just putting your money where your mouth is pretty much. If if he walks, right now I, I think Doug Armstrong's um, legacy in St. Louis is set. He brought a cup to St. Louis. Yep. But if he's also the GM who has two captains walk on him. Yep. What does that do to Doug Armstrong's legacy in St. Louis? I, th- I think that's like going to be second. I think the first thing is going to be like he ushered in an era of great teams. Think about it. Like starting, oh, with, Ken, starting with Ken Hitchcock. I mean, think about it. I believe the stat was until last year, uh, the Blues had the most wins in like the decade so far. They yep. had one of the best, and that's including a Chicago team that's won one three cups. cups. You're talking teams that and an LA team that's won two. Yeah, so you're talking teams that played really well. I mean, so we were always the regular season darlings and never yep. did well in the postseason. So hence the changes. So he ushered an era of really great teams. Yes. So I think that's going to be your first and foremost, then the cup. Yeah. And but when people think of negatives, just like you said, that's going to be his negative. It's going to be like, well, you traded. When he's done trades, usually pretty good. I would say. I would the, say. So. I would say the Oshi one is probably the one that I mark in the bad column at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, but I. But at the same time, for the return, I understand the whole aspect around well, for it. For sure, for the sure. Return. I, is what I mean, I'm yeah, we didn't get a lot in return, but you know, I, it, we've talked about that in the past. Changes needed to be made, and he was really one of the only guys that you could move. Yeah, everyone else had some sort of clause in their contract that made it very prohibitive to move them. So Oshi was unfortunately the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. So, but most other trades, you can say like even. Um, when people complain about the Shattenkirk trade, remember when it happened, me and you were like not happy about it. Yeah. yeah I think the first round pick and what Sanford kind of turned into, as right. much as I am not a massive Sanford guy, but he's put up goals and sure. being a decent player. So I but think then you realize, you know, what was on the table that the Blues were ready to do, but Shattenkirk shot down. Yeah, I know. We, and yeah. you realize, like, okay, there were great trades ready to go, but Shattenkirk wouldn't do it. We could have had Taylor Hall. And Jonathan Drouin, too. Yeah. So two were two really – and the funny thing is how Chad wound up in Tampa anyway. I know. That's – which, which blows my mind. Which, you know, at the end of the day. But he, obviously, then you could tell that he was dead set on going home then. Oh, he wanted to go to New York, which I think is funny because he washed out. Yeah. Which, again, we've talked about there are there are people in the league who can handle playing for their hometown and people who can't. Paul, we've talked – a lot of times, Paul Stasny, phenomenal in Colorado – Decent in St. Louis, but was not the player that you thought you were going to get in St. Louis from Colorado or from Colorado. And and was that mental? I don't know Mm. because he seems to be doing fine when he was in Winnipeg and now and now Vegas. Um, You know, Pat Maroon seemed to handle it okay. Um, I mean, ben, it was okay to start the year, but obviously the thing. Anytime you say Pat Maroon, now you're not going to remember when he almost got released and. January, think, and February. think about that. Like, dude, they thought that he was going to get straight up cut. 
Like there was there was tweets put out like that right it was imminent. We, that was imminent. And then his brother, if you remember, Phil. his brother, Phil, our boy Phil. Boat shoes. Uh, Mississippi Mudsnakes for life. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, you know, put out and basically said, like, you're garbage and just, like, that's not true and yada, yada, yada. And he didn't get released at all. He sat a couple games. Yeah. But then Rube came on and everything clicked. And, and then, obviously, the thing when you remember Pat Maroon and the Blues for now on is going to be game seven and against Dallas. Yep. You're not going to remember, like, And how him he, telling the Bruins, you guys are effed. Yeah. Like, oh, that's all you remember, which is great. That's fine, man. Like, yeah. Wound up being a tremendous signing by a Doug Armstrong. Hundred percent. So, um, back to Petrangelo. So Petrangelo, like we talked about last time, there's so many different things that working with the Blues and against the Blues this time. I agree. With the cap being flat, you're not going to be able. Like a lot of teams that are clearing cap are going to be teams that are not going to be teams that are ready for a cup run. Very few. Colorado is probably your closest bet, and they have a very low cap thing right now. Uh, so they, but as we can tell right now, and we're as we're recording, they're getting worked, stomped by the Dallas Stars, and it shows they even that stomped two out of three games. Have they? Uh, yes, right before we start recording, they are getting outshot fifteen minutes into the first period, nine to nothing, and losing three to nothing. Wow. So it shows that once they lost Grubauer, who was doing pretty good this playoffs, they had no goaltending. None. So you see them. I already saw uh, one of the big trade rumors, which we'll talk about trade rumors in a little bit here. Uh, Jonathan Quick going to. Uh, Colorado, Colorado. Jonathan Quick really worth trading for right now? Uh, he's, he's has a, I think five point eight cap hit is what I was saying for three years, and you might be able to get him cheap, and he has the experience. But it's not like L.A. was lighting it up this year, or last year. I don't know. So they said it was a team that couldn't score. I, apparently, he had like a, almost a nine twenty save percentage this year. So who knows? But it could, but that's also a L.A. team that wasn't great. So anyway, True. Petro. I still will make a prediction that he will be with the Blues somehow, some way, December first. Do could you be wrong, think? But I'm, my prediction is he'll be with the Blues. Do you think that if you could, if Doug Armstrong could hop in the DeLorean and go back in time to say October, mm-hmm. that he would sign Justin Falk to a seven-year, seven million dollar contract? If that was part of the trade. To be like, nope, knowing that that really hamstrings what you can do right now. Yeah. I think he, I, I, part of the me, like, I wish I, it's so, you just want to know what happens because he made that trade to the signing that he already had the indication that he had no chance of signing Petrangelo. Well, I think that he was anticipating, like everyone was, that business would be as usual and the cap would go up. Because the cap, like we talked about last time, was projected to go up between 2 to $4 million. Right. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but, but when you When the Blues need that much money to possibly get Petrangelo in there, yeah. and they're a cap team. That's huge. Yes. And you could trade somebody easily movable compared to somebody like now you really want to keep Jake Allen. You know, I'm not saying Bennington's going to be awful, which we talked about last time, but you have to have, have that ju- in your back pocket just in case. I think Billy Huso, which uh, Brube was extremely complimentary on on his exit, it was on KMOX. It right. wasn't on his own, but he was very complimentary on Huso and how prepared and how he played during the – practices and all this stuff so maybe you have to be complimentary i don't know but i think but he was very, but ruben seems like a guy who doesn't play those mind games mind games he's in the media he's just he's very much like this is what i'm thinking i you know whatever straightforward so, in the media conspiracy theory time or not conspiracy theory but let's theory. just let's just play play this out mm-hmm. it's long been acknowledged 
and this is all before winning the cup because winning the cup seems to make everybody best friends. Mm-hmm. That Petro and Steen aren't exactly the best of friends. Yeah. You know, back when Ish was falling apart, there was the talk that the problem was that there were two different locker rooms. Yeah. There was Petro's locker room and Steen's locker room. Which almost goes back to when Petro made captain, too. Correct. Yeah. Because Steen thought he deserved it. If you're Doug Armstrong and you get to a point where you know you need $2 million to get the Petro deal done, and we've talked about many scenarios and how the Blues have never used one of these. Yeah. Do you buy out Alex Steen and take the money to sign Petro? I mean, if you have no other options on the table and like that's your only option, in the and, and you know by doing this you can get the deal done. Yeah, I think you have to, or you'd tell Steen like, "Listen, we're going to send you for example, like what happened last year with uh, Brooks Orpic, where Washington sent him to Colorado." Colorado for like a two second round picks or whatever the hell it was a second round pick and Colorado bought him out and then Washington re-signed him for like a fraction of the cost because he only wanted to play in Washington. Now they did that because Washington didn't have any more compliance buyouts, correct? And also once you buy out a player, you can't re-sign him afterwards for a cheaper cost. Okay. So that that's why they, so basically they Colorado got the cap hit for the next two years because they had a lot of young players and they were playing the long game with theirs, getting them, a lot of talent and trying to build it up, and then. So what you're saying is we're going to trade him to Arizona, or Ottawa, or one of the teams that have a ton of cap space, right? And just say, hey, or take him, buy him out. You get your cap for the next two years, like around two or three million dollars. We'll take him back for a solid one point five. We get our four million dollars of cap space, and we can sign Petro. That's obviously a long shot, but I mean right. it's done been done before. The Brooks Orpic thing is it an just, obvious example. I think what what intrigues me is that, to my knowledge, the Blues are the only team that has not used a buyout. One of the I mean, there's one of the. I mean, if we go through, they're up there. There's, there's probably some teams that haven't, but I'm sure we're one of the few. Yeah. So I mean, and there's obviously some contracts on this team that I think the Blues would like to buy out. Or, or like I like the player, but for the cost of what's out there. That's what I'm saying. Like example, like we got the Tyler Bozak one. Like Tyler Bozak, what he does, probably for about three million dollars less. What's what's his hit right now? Five. He's five. Yeah. So I mean, next year I still the, think that I still think that Bozak deal was a panic deal by Armstrong. Yeah, because you didn't think you were going to get. You don't know if you're getting. I I, I totally think that it was like I don't think we're going to get O'Reilly. We need somebody. Get me Tyler Bozak. And then the Bagul's decide, like, yeah, we don't feel like paying that $7 million signing bonus, so you right. can have them for whatever, which it did. Parts. So the second bit of Blues news, well, the second of our three bit of Blues news we have right now is Vladimir Tarasenko. Yep. So where came Wednesday during Armstrong's presser, not Monday like they originally promised. So Wednesday during the presser, he said that he is on surgery number three now. Yeah. So, surgery number three in basically three years. Starting on uh, 2018, this will be his third one. So, one a year. So, he had one last year in October. He -hmm. had one in, it was April 2018. It was right after the season. Yep. And then, now we're, I guess, technically August, let's say August, September 2020. Right. So, basically, almost every, now this is less than a year after he had, it's the same shoulder. I first off, I thought it was, Three one shoulder to, than the other. One, it was one and two, you know. 
It was three on the same one. Right. And which we talked about at length last time, like I just don't think he'll be the same player. And um, now, at least Tarasenko, I didn't hear what the Blues had to say about it, but Tarasenko seemed to downplay it as um, the doctors went in and looked and saw something they didn't notice the last time, so that they're basically just redoing the previous surgery and cleaning up some stuff that they didn't get. On yeah. the previous. Which he released, like, he basically typed out a thing in a... Uh, very broken English. Very broken English. So, you know, like, part of me is like, he did it himself. It wasn't like his agent put out a statement. Oh, I think he did it. Which he did. You could tell, just, he basically did it on his phone and put it out there, which I thought was, I appreciated it more than if something came from his agent and sounded very much like, oh, I'm getting this done, I'm ready to come back, let's go blues, like, type thing. He, like, said everything, and this is very long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll just do the beginning part of it. Uh... So, obviously, a long season, long year, missing playing games, but it is what it is. Last few months, I felt like something was wrong, but still tried playing. Then we found out what it is when I got back home from the bubble. To take some speculations away, no, I'm not done. Career is not done. There was a problem which has been found finally, so I'm more motivated than ever to finally get healthy and play. I hope and believe the doctors will do their job, fix the problem, and there is a solution for that so we can – so can't wait to get it done and starting to work on coming back Playing hockey, scoring goals, and enjoy time and the game again. That was one full sentence. So yes. <laughs> so like, and there's two more of those, which I'm not getting. He basically was like not happy that people were basically writing off his career. Which was, I will throw it out there. We were probably one of them. I'm, I'm well, not saying Vladimir Tarasenko was like listening to us or by any means, but I mean, I, we were one of those people who legitimate thought concern. Yeah, you do three on the same shoulder, no matter what body part it is, and that's a key part of your game. Throwing checks. Shooting the puck, which is why you are getting paid a lot of money yep. because you're a prolific goal scorer. So then there's concern that you're not going to be the same elite scorer that you once were, having three shoulders on the, three surgeries on the same shoulder. Yeah, and I think that again ultimately is what concerns me is that this is becoming a Robbie Fabry situation mm-hmm. where it's repeated surgeries on the same part. Still get paid apparently. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, well, I'm, we say that because Robbie Fabry earned a two-year, almost $6 million deal from Detroit, Detroit this week. So anyway, go ahead. My, here's my thing, and I, I kind of got into it a few times with, with people on, uh, on Blues fan pages on Facebook this week. We're like, you can't, you can't trade Tarasenko. And I'm like, why can't you? Yeah. And I was like, look, I go, I'm not saying trade him tomorrow. Obviously, you For can't. For parts or anything Because like you can't trade an injured player. But yeah. point is. I'm not saying let's hastily get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But I think as a team, as we just discussed, who is against the cap, if you bring Tarasenko back and he can't play at the level that he's accustomed to and that you're accustomed to, you're paying seven-plus dollars a year for a guy who's not delivering you seven million plus talent anymore, mm-hmm. and it's just a business. It sucks, but it's a business. Yeah, and you know what's more important to the St. Louis Blues, having Vladimir Tarasenko on this team, or having a team that can contend for a cup. Which is your window's open now. Right. Which, okay, I get it. We contended for a cup this year and played very well. 
without right. Tarasenko except for 10 games. So my point is, and I think even Tarasenko would admit this begrudgingly, that if he can't go at the level that he needs to go, he's going to be an overpaid player. And even if you get a little in return and you have to eat some of the contract, it's better to eat $3 million than eat that full contract. Yeah. And I think you still get a decent return on him. You're not going to – now, look, I want to put this out here right now. You're not going to get Alex Ovechkin in a, in a trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. Or somebody like – You're not going to get – Nathan McKinnon. Na, yeah, Nathan McKinnon or or uh, Connor McDavid. You're not – so just stop. Just stop. But I think you could get a very good top six forward for him. Or at least a player with promise, what you're trying to say. I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, that you got I think you have to come back and see how he, when he comes back, how he is. I then, 100% agree. And then if you come back and you come back and you see he's close to what he used to be, great. Then yep. you have that player. You're fantastic. Yes. Let him write the contract, sign for another one, let him be a blue for life. Great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if you come back and he was like the player that we saw in the Vancouver series, you have to consider. M- your options. There. I, that's my point. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that we need to explore trade options for him today. Now, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that has to be in your realm of things. Any now. any general manager who's worth their salt has got to have in their back of their mind a contingency plan on if he comes back and can't go. Yeah. So we'll see what Armstrong does. Uh, another news on the injury front that Alexander Steen came out and basically said he injured himself before the bubble. Okay. And it was basically an injury that just got re-aggravated in the bubble and he just couldn't go. Got it. Doesn't, and Armstrong said no other procedures outside of Tarasenko need to be done. Just All a right. lot of healing up, it sounds like. Sure. So, and Bennington did his little thing and said, I wasn't good enough. I need to come back better. It's a learning experience. Uh, that's an understatement. So, um, people were worried about Bennington now and stuff. Um, I'm not worried by any means because – Something didn't click with the Blues in the bubble. Oh, 100%. I don't know what it was. Like, it was it them just the environment being like not being your normal routine? Was sure. it not being around family? Was it doing, I don't know. Something well, didn't click with them in not just one player. It was the whole team. The whole team. Like, the one person you say that didn't play really bad? Perron and O'Reilly. Perron, O'Reilly, and probably Justin Falk, honestly. Yeah. I think Falk, after that goal, played really well. I think Falk got stronger as the games went on. Yeah. Um, if you listen to Doug Armstrong, the problem was that at some point during the break, 20% of the Blues roster had, COVID. had a COVID situation. Which, if is true, and I don't think he would lie about that. I think that would be really shady if he was lying about that. Because that got... That got National Close news. to national attention there. Um, I think that explains why the team looked sluggish. Yeah, because they looked like – I mean, they did not look like a team pre-bubble. That when we no, like, not even close. I mean, and they had off games like every team does sure. during the season. But they didn't look rem- – except for maybe, what, game – Three and four. Three and four. They looked four was probably the best game they had. Yeah. And you thought they were turning it on then. And then game five, they just fell apart. And then game six is it was just, just blues of old. Uh, so something was wrong there. So when he said that, that didn't surprise me. And no. it said basically their training was off, which led to Berube saying, I expect every single player to be in a, not not a regular shape, exceptional shape 
when they come into camp in November. And we Good. Not, and he's like, we will not expect anything less than exceptional shape. That's fantastic. Makes, I want that my coach to say yeah, that. Which, which, I, which I agree, which makes me think two things. Is it one that did the COVID cause their training to be off, or did those guys take four months off and just – well, you kind of got to wonder, I, and I honestly, dude, because they didn't know if they were coming back. So they're like, "Oh, we we'll just sit around." I and, think it's a combination of both. Well, there's some players who took it off and just didn't care because, and I'm just saying, these players look bad. Like um, a lot of the younger guys didn't look. Like Robert Thomas looked okay. Okay, like he looked good at times. But okay, uh, the defense as a whole, like Petrangelo didn't look great. Uh, Pareko looked terrible. Pareko didn't look great. Don looked eh. And Pareko, I mean, excuse me, Bennington didn't Looked have bad. a good series. So, no. I mean. Which is weird because he was arguably the best player for the Blues in the round robin. Yeah. He I mean, played. He kept he, them in those round robin he games. Played, in the round robin games, he played well. The Vegas game was okay. The Blues didn't play great that no. game. But most of the goals, like the Colorado game, he was the only reason that was a one-to-one game until the last .1 seconds. Right. You know, and. So I don't know, man. Like we talked about, we can go we can go for another half hour to talk about just how they played in the bubble. But they didn't play up to the standards that you know what's they weird? set during the season. Everyone talks about a championship hangover, mm-hmm. and, and usually you have teams that hit that championship hangover coming into the next year because they've been partying all summer and yeah, short summer and then short summer. Go. You know, you're you're still on your high of winning. And you're, it, it, you've played sports, and you've been on teams that have won, be it Little League or Junior High or High, whatever. You've won championships, and you know that that emotional high you get on, and then it, yeah. it lasts for a long time. And you're like, I'm the champion. You know, we're going to win. Yeah. So it almost felt like the Blues championship hangover hit during the playoffs. There is a part of me – that watched that team during the round robin, and it felt like that they were like, "I don't care about this. Like these four, these three games mean nothing. Like, we'll Let's get we'll, just we'll get to where it starts to count." And then they got there uh, against Vancouver, and this is kind of what worried me when it came to the teams that were playing round robin versus the teams that were playing play-in series. You know, Vancouver was already in a play-to-win mentality. Yeah. And um, they punched the Blues in the mouth a lot. And I don't think the Blues were able to, to, to handle it. I, I There's part of me, and I hate to say this because I don't want it to be true, but perception's reality, that really I felt like the Blues thought they could throw their sticks on the ice and Vancouver would shrivel up and go away. And... Um, I, you know, I, I think that they had that moment where they're like, oh, man, we got to play. And that yeah. was games three and four, but they couldn't get the engine going long enough. And um, I don't know, man. It just seemed like that playoff hangover hit them at playoff time instead of the start of the season. Yeah. And part of me is, was like, is there a uh, personnel thing? Because I noticed, like Vancouver, definitely a fast team. Oh, w- well – I, the referees set the tone in game one of that Vancouver series when they called everything a penalty. They took away the Blues' ability to play Blues hockey, which is you can skate as much as you want. If we catch you, we're going to staple you to the boards and make you hurt. Yeah. And then we're going to take the puck and put it in the net. Yeah, which 
They couldn't. They couldn't do because every time you breathed onto someone, you got a two-minute penalty. Yeah, which is how they basically wore teams down. Because they said that many times in the like leading up to all the games, like, oh, like we wear teams down. We know we're going to get to Game Seven. Like that's the blue style. That's how they won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. So I think that backfired them tremendously. Uh, You can say the refs. You can say whatever. Maybe people slightly adapted to it. I don't know. Uh, So anyway, yeah, they're out. Petro. Steen, Tarasenko. So Tarasenko, five months, uh, he will be out. So if we do the math, he'll have it. He said this week, which is the first week of September, do the math. It's technically the first week of February. So that's yep. basically eh, about two months into the season, If we, depending on how the season looks, if yep. it happens coming up. Um, so people are saying, hey, you put Vladimir Tarasenko on long-term IR, you get $7.5 million in your cap. Use that money, sign Petrangelo, have Tarasenko sit out the whole year. And I'm like, yeah, but if he's ready to go and you think he's the player he once was, don't you want the, uh, like... He had almost doubled his supposed recovery time he needed this year. Yeah. So the question is, do you want to, like... So could he just sit out the whole next year? Sure. But why? But why? If he can come back when that five-month time is up. Even, say, six months, let's say it goes to March, and then they're doing the playoffs like normal. Yeah. You get them back beginning of March. Then you give them a month to get ready, and then you have playoffs start in April or end of April, yeah. whenever they start, and you get going. So I see that point, but you're going to have to luck into and not luck into because of good reasons, but you got to be a hope like the guys who make a lot of money, quote Steen, Bozak, somebody else, if they're hurt, the same, then you put them on long-term IR, then you bring Tarasenko back, and you're yeah. trying to – you're playing a game of basically like – Almost like Russian roulette. You're trying to hopefully guys get uh, guys that can sit down, or you, you can only bury somebody. You can't really. We have nobody has no movement clauses, right? So if you really wanted to, you can bury somebody in the minors. Do you want to do that for a team? Steen's a very popular player, not only to around St. Louis, but also in the locker room. I agree. You don't want to bury a guy like that, and then everybody's pissed off at you. And plus, Steen and uh, Armstrong are really close. So I don't. It's a tough situation, and. Like I said last podcast, I don't uh, give up on Doug Armstrong no, until I, he proves it. 100%. Because every time I think I'm re- I crap on the guy, I crapped on him after the Bozak and Perron signings to like everybody that day. Uh, and then literally, as we're texting that night, we pop up on our phone, O'Reilly's blue. Yeah. So I'm like, for basically at the end of time, nothing. Nothing. You know, you know? so I really, at the time, I'm going to, until – he made the at the end of the day made the right call on Bacchus. Mm-hmm. If he says that up about Petrangelo, I don't think it's the right time to give up a Petrangelo yet. I think you have to sign him to at least some kind of contract. I I agree. So we'll see what happens. So the next thing we're going to talk about that hit the literally as the Blues are doing interviews the Monday and Tuesday a big trade rumor from a, a Toronto. I think it was almost a. A Canadian mm-hmm. radio person. I think it was like Doug Blundell or something like that. Anyway, saying the Blues have reached out to the Toronto Maple Leafs to facilitate a trade. So eventually you would think, oh, that's um, they're going to trip Petrangelo's rights early and yada, yada, which doesn't right. make sense. Uh, but no, apparently trading somebody like Colton Pareko to the Montreal, Montreal excuse me, Maple Leafs. And for uh, Andreas Johansson, uh, a first-round pick, and uh, Timothy Lindgren, I think was how you say it. So it's, Lindgren is basically like their version of like Dunn mm-hmm. slash Scott Perunovich. 
highly touted prospect should be really good. Had a good, a pretty good AHL year last year. Yep. Um, Johansson is kind of like a okay version of like I see Jaden Schwartz, shifty, you know, and winger, making three point four million dollars. And your first round pick, which they acquired in the Casper Capitan trade, was number fifteen overall. Yep. To me, which we talked about, I think it's a re- that's a rebuilding trade. That's not we're going to contend. We're trying yeah. to cap room. Like I get the cap room portion of it, but you're only getting about two million dollars. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't see a lot of upside on that deal for the Blues. I mean, like you said, two million dollars in space. Again, we just talked about cutting. You know, would you cut Steen if it gave you two million dollars? But I, I, there's a big difference between cutting or buying out an Alexander Steen, whose best years are behind him, and trading away a Colton Pareko, who's still developing. And already a damn good player at that. Yeah. Um, I just that, that the deal doesn't make sense to me on the surface, unless there's things behind the scenes that we don't know. Yeah. That you know Pareko wants out or whatever. Yeah. Two. I, you got two years left at a little over five million dollars. So the other thing I guess you can look at is like, can you really pay him above that five million dollar mark? Not right now. I mean, in two years, I guess, he, depending on how he progresses, if this is going to be the player you get where it's a shutdown guy, they'll give you 10 goals a year, 20 assists or something like that, who was primarily a shutdown guy, has a big shot. I don't think he's going to ever develop into, like, the Chris Pronger mean and gritty type no. defenseman. It's just not his personality. No. Can you pay that guy above 5.25 a year? No. I mean, you can't. I mean, and, and like, right now, like, Justin Falk, you're hoping and praying Justin Falk – Gets better, yeah. Or if you want to, everything works out, you get Petrangelo. Somebody takes Justin Falk next year, and then you have a ton of cap room all of a sudden, right? Um, yeah. So it's an interesting thing. It's to me, it's a rebuilder's trade. It's like if you're like, we won the cup, or we, you know, like our window is shut. We need to re, we need to reload, start putting prospects back in the pantry. You know, to be ready for a cup run in like three or four years, type of trade. Agreed. Not a. We can definitely get back next year. We were awful. Which every cup there hasn't been a back to back cup winner in a long time. Pittsburgh was the last one. Yeah. So like Chicago's dynasty was always a year in between. Not yep. saying the Blues are definitely winning next year, but they always had a year where they had a year off yep. and they came back and won. Same with uh it was coincidentally LA, LA and Chicago who basically traded. They flip flopped for five years. For five years. So basically every other time they had a team that was had a quote unquote dynasty. Yeah. Which I would think you can border. I mean, for sure, I, I hate to say it, but you can call Chicago a dynasty. Oh, for time. sure. For sure. L.A. you can probably put in the same breath as well. Uh, they had a year off, and then they came back and played really strong. So yeah. next year, can they do it? On th- this year, it sucks because they had a legitimate chance too, man. Yeah, I, I think had COVID not hit and you had a normal year, man, I, I'll tell you, I think the Blues at least get back to the final. At least. I think, I think I know everyone is on Colorado's jock, but I just I don't think that team's there yet. And they're and close, man, but they weren't No. The Blues were just wire to wire great this year. Yeah. Um I agree. I, I think had there not been a stoppage uh, in the middle of the season, man, I think this team makes a run. I yeah. really and again, like I'm not saying they win back to back cups. But I mean, I think they legitimate shot, hundred percent. 
I think they had as legitimate of a shot to repeat as anyone uh, who's won a cup and gone for a repeat in the last decade. Yeah. I mean, they had a good shot because, I mean, during the season, you saw what they did. They were number one in the West. So, I mean, you're close. So, that's about as much as Blues news we got. So, we're going to get into NHL news and say what you want politically-wise. We're going there. So, NHL. I think we need to. NHL, along with most, uh, all basically, professional sports shut down this week for a time period. Correct. First, Did baseball do it? Baseball, not everybody. Or some teams did. Like, I know Milwaukee did. I know Seattle did. Seattle has, like, the most black players on the team, so they shut down. Um, certain teams did, and then certain players Got also it. around the league. So it wasn't official. It wasn't a, it wasn't a league wide. mandate like the NBA and NHL. Yeah, so NBA basically started with the Milwaukee Bucks after the shooting uh, that had occurred in Kenosha. Yep. Um, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, thank you. Um, another Once again, you can say what you want. Just right now, for what I've read, it says uh, at the time, an unarmed black man. Yeah. I'm going, say what you want, hit us up with hate, whatever. That's what the news is. That's what I'm reading on different yeah. news sites. Uh, shot in the back seven times by two officers. Uh, so the NBA had the Milwaukee Bucks decided to forfeit their game. Yeah, basically not come out. Uh, to nobody else Nobody else knew about this, which is one thing. It's not like the NBA said, okay, we're going to do this. The team in general took a vote and said, we're not doing this. Because yeah. Orlando Magic are out there ready to play. They didn't know about it until three minutes before tip-off. Yeah. And the NBA saw that, and then the word got around to the whole rest of the NHL or NBA. NBA shut down games. Shutting the studio down. Uh, then after that, it worked around. The WNBA shut down. Yep. Uh, parts of the MLB shut down that night. Some – because that was like during the day. That was like a afternoonish game. Yes. Due to them being in a bubble as well. Uh, or early evening game, whatever you want to call it. And then it got around to some MLB teams. Like uh, the, for the Cardinals, it was uh, Dexter Fowler and uh, uh, Flaherty. Yep. Both decided to – Jack Flaherty decided to not play that night. Mm-hmm. They were healthy scratches. So nobody in the NHL did that night. And they were the only – league that had like nobody healthy scratched and nothing happened uh so then the next night word got around and a lot of people online were dis- a lot of from what my feed was i would say 75 percent disappointed at the at not only NHL. The nhl in general for not shutting things down yeah and not being in solidarity with other people because you do have well not many but you do have black players agreed uh the one that i would say most prominent that's left is ryan reeves former blue Vander Kane. Vander Kane. Well, I mean, on actually, he's still in the bubble. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but so the uh, the hockey well, hockey diversity alliance is something that they started by Vander Kane and a lot of other uh, black players, yeah. uh, Wayne Simmons Matt and some Dumba. other guy, Matt Dumna, the guys who were probably the most vocal of that group mm-hmm. of current players. Uh, basically, had statements saying they are not happy with NHL for not doing anything. The only thing they had, say what you want about it was a sign that said, end racism, and showed it on the screen for about 15 seconds that uh, night. And they've had that since the bubble started. Yeah, so they had that, and they kind of made, they made it, featured it more prominently during, the, during that night, at least. Uh, so the next night, uh, next day, Ryan Reeves is not happy. Story goes that he got some uh, text from a lot of uh, ex-teammates, one being Kevin Shattenkirk, saying, what should we do? We're in the other bubble in Toronto. Um no players really came to their coaches and do it and said anything, but I think, which we'll talk about, I think it's really hard when if you're in the minority, which Ryan Reeves is 
I think him and Pierre Marc uh, Bellegarde. I, I messed it up there. Yeah, it's, it's anyway, but, but very like, French. Yes, but also like one of the few that's uh, a mixed race player. Right. Uh, and he said he said he thought about doing something, but he didn't want to disappoint his teammates. Right. And that says something. And Agreed. that's why this is done. I don't care what anybody wants to say. Like that's why they decided to shut the league down. Yep. For all games. Yep. Thursday and Friday. <clears throat> um. NHL Radio talked about this on Friday, and I actually called in. And, you know, they basically said, we want to hear your thoughts on, on, on where you stand on this and what you think. There's, there's three major points that I'm going to make. The first one is this. It would have been very easy for the NHL to take the path of least resistance, being the least diverse of the big four sports, and the smallest of the big four, play it safe and just keep playing games. Not acknowledge it, say, you know, our focus is hockey, you know, don't, you know, keep on course, don't talk about anything that's not hockey. But we've gotten to a point in society now where this is, these problems are crashing through the walls of everything that permeates society. It's, it, it is, an all-encompassing problem, an all-encompassing discussion. And I applaud the NHL for taking the stand that they did. Um, My second point. There seems to be a... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. There, There seems to be a feeling that you have to be all one cause or another mm-hmm. that you either support the police completely or you support black lives matter and the equal rights movement, mm-hmm. but you cannot be in the middle. You're all in or you're all out of one or another. Yeah. That is foolish to say that all police officers are bad cops and are power hungry and abuse their power is just as wrong as labeling every person who is out legally and peacefully protesting as a thug and a looter and a rioter. They're not. You can support both. I support police. I'm not blind to the fact that we have a problem in the police community with officers escalating force at a dramatically rapid rate. Mm -hmm. I'm not blind to the fact that it disproportionately seems to affect people of color. I also support the Black Lives Matter movement and equal rights movement. I'm not blind to the fact that there are people who are perverting that movement and using it for their personal gain to go out and loot and riot. I don't blame the good cops any more than I blame the people who are legitimately trying to bring about change in this country. Mm-hmm. We need to stop this feeling of you have to absolutely support one or the other. 
Nothing's going to change if people keep acting like this. Nothing. You're going to have people that stand on one side of the street yelling at the people on the other side of the street until someone's voice gives out. And that's not how change is going to be made. Um, You don't have to like that the NHL shut down, but you need to understand why it's happening. And depending on your viewpoint or whatever, if you are, we talked about this, unfortunately, where you're all in on pro cop or all pro Black Lives Matter, and right. it seems, unfortunately, and that's where a lot of the vitriol kind of happens. Yes. At least uh, we've had a couple in flat out on our page, uh, on our Facebook page this week, where I had some pretty ignorant things said right. when I posted that the games were shut down. Um, just to get that out there, I ain't going to put up with it because, A, no. my page. B, uh, if you want to be ignorant, racist, uh, do it on your own page. Agreed. Yeah, I don't, I don't need. I don't need you as a listener or a fan. Yeah. So uh, if, if you're not going to be, if you're listening right now and you hear that, see you later. Thank you for being a listener. I appreciate it. Uh, but you're fired. Uh, yeah. Take it out from Riz. But you're fired. You don't. Right. Wait, wait, I don't care. Like it's a, it's a hard subject to talk about. Just like I never really kind of saw the whole uh, uh, race thing. Honestly, kid from North County, like. Sure. We were very uh, Catholic school my whole life, so very obviously very little uh, black community in there, very small. Uh, so it never really kind of like hit me until uh, I got a real, my said real job, and I got put in the middle of a black community right. where I was in uh, kind of seeing everything that happens, and wow, like uh, open my eyes up to the world. I'll say that. Um, so I'll be honest, I'm more that way, but I understand how difficult of a job a police officer has 100 uh, percent. um it is a job i can never do no. a job that uh, i have a tremendous respect for same um but like you said to not acknowledge there is a systemic issue going on right now mm-hmm. is just wrong there's just like we can't go a month without something like this happening which is a very sad thing to say when well when when my my uh um, when my child says something like, uh, you know, like, you know, she hears us talk about stuff. We try to keep positive and just sure. try not to bring that around her. But she hears something talking about it and she was just like, oh, the police officer did something bad again. I said, well, not all police officers do that. And I had right. the same conversation we're having right now where we're having like police officer there protect us from bad people. And that's a job that that only special people can do. Right. Unfortunately, just like you said, in the Black Lives Matter, there's still stuff there where People go out there and they see this happen. We're going to bolt straight for there and head to the nearest target and try yep. to get all the electronics I can. Yes. And that's the part that gets mixed in with the people who are busting their ass to sit out there and protest during the day in the sweltering heat and want change and are trying their, trying their best to make something right and literally do their best to make something change. Right. And then you have that one idiot who throws a brick through the window and is just wearing a mask and doing whatever. Yeah. And the NHL doing this, if the Blues were still in it, I would applaud it too. And it, I've still been watching the game. I'm 100%. fine. I'm fine with the NHL doing it. Um, it's a, something that you're, if you didn't do, how are you going to talk to your black players after this? Agreed. Agreed. To me, if you did not do this, one of the black player went to Gary Bettman and said, so what about me? Yeah. What about like people look like me and you want you want to broaden the game up and he's brought the game to different places all around the country that didn't have the sport you would dream about having a sport Arizona Florida whatever 
What about that community? Classic example. Look at what Roger Goodell had to do this year. Yeah, had to backtrack on all his stuff. Had to formally apologize to Colin Kaepernick and the black players of the NFL. Yeah, and look at what well, on top of that, what's happening in Washington right now, where they're they're called the Washington Football Team right now. Right, it's happening all over the world, and I think it's not a bad thing. And it's a conversation I'm glad that we were able to have on here, and hopefully people listen with an open mind, right, and not just sit there and yell at us and give us very negative feedback because we're one way or another. I try my best to play down the middle because Chris knows me. That's me. You are Switzerland, if, yeah. of all things. And, and look, I again, I, this is the most important thing that I think you and I have said in regards to this topic is that you don't have to pick a side. Yeah. You shouldn't pick a side. But you should be open to both, open to the other y- side. You should support both. Yep. No one, the people who are saying all police are bad, are just as ignorant as the people who are yelling Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Unfortunately, yes. Neither of those are true. 98%, 99% of police officers are stand-up, great people who are doing jobs like you and I said that we could never do. But you cannot ignore... What is happening? Yeah, it's well, real, and it's a real problem, and it's been a real problem for a long, long time. Yeah, and just we'll wrap it up here because I know a lot of people are like, well, I'll turn on a hockey podcast. I didn't want to listen to well, political. So well, guess what? It's but, or, or the, That's the other thing with this is going on. Like, I go to sports for an escape. I, my politics don't need to be on sports. And I'm like, well, the reason they're doing it is because that escape, they need people to pay attention. Because Can I, can I make a comment real quick? Go for it. Um, my third point that I didn't get to, but you, you just said something that brought it back home was, you know, my politics shouldn't be involved in sports. If you are a person who thinks that equal rights is a political issue, that is a problem. Mm-hmm. Equal rights should not be a strictly Democratic or Republican thing. Equal rights should be a humanitarian thing. It, it should not matter if you are liberal or conservative. You should want everyone to be treated the exact same with the exact same opportunities. It does not need to be political, nor should it be political. But unfortunately, again, we are in a society where everything has to become a political thing. And this just is not Take a second, sit back, and really think about what we're talking about. We're talking about people's ability to live and, and not be unjustly and disproportionately targeted. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, and that's, that is not a political issue. Yep. I agree. So... End of the day, NHL shut down and games resumed on Saturday the 29th. Uh, so we'll get into those. But we think that was a conversation that we had needed to have. And I think it's an important conversation, conversation to have. have. So hopefully everybody was able Take to step back. Back to hockey. <sighs> back to hockey. Okay. So we'll do a quick recap of all the games. So all the games obviously got delayed. Yep. So a couple of games uh, are picking up now. I'm pretty sure the Colorado Avalanche, which they, that they were delayed more. Yeah, Colorado was getting uh, stomped. 
pretty handily as of right now. Yep. As down, are the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins are down three games to one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And just don't look good. Yeah. Well, let's say Avalanche have actually got some shots on goal now, so it's three to one near the end of the second as we're recording this. Yep. So Stars have a chance to go up three games to one in that series as well. The team we threw our uh, our, uh, our sport behind. The New York Islanders. The New York Islanders have uh, now picked up their uh, two games to one. Yep. So they have they play tonight. They, they play tonight. They play tonight. They back yeah. to back due to that's how it's originally scheduled. So right. they're going to have to modify. They're basically picking up games as they would have been if they were games five and six. Sure. Thing. So they're kind of basically going from there. So right. um, and then let's see those two Eastern and then oh the Vegas Golden Knights are right now uh, beating Canucks pretty decently two games to one. Yeah. Both the two games were Robin Lanier shutouts. Yeah. Games one and three. The middle game. Reminding me how the Blues looked. Like, yeah, just, I agree. Like, it was more... The, I think the Knights sat back. The Knights just said, oh, we got this. Yeah. And kind of like the Blues. It just reminded me just a team just like that. They yep. didn't play well. And Vancouver took it to them and they lost. Where even they played, like, pretty not great, they had a chance to, like, kind of win it. Yeah, like, I agree. N- near the... In the beginning of the third before it kind of got out of hand. So... Interesting across the board. It makes me think that the Vegas game with the Blues got to it. Man, it would have been a hell of a series. The Blues were playing to their top. Yeah, I think that would have been one hell of a series. If they were playing like they should have been playing, sure. it would have been a really great series, man, because that kind of disappoints me there. But that would have been a really great series. And Dallas, man. But Dallas looks strong. And the crazy part is with the backup goalie right now. I know. I know. Anton Bishop is playing uh, pretty Out. decent. So, and he's a free agent. Is this the end of the road for Ben Bishop? Heard again, man. I don't know what's the problem is this time. I haven't really heard. So uh, he's had a career just having injuries. Man. Yeah, like it, for the longest time, it was just groin all over and over again. So that's how that's what happened during during the Tampa Santa Cup run. A couple times he played during the Santa Cup Finals that year with a torn uh, groin muscle. Yeah, and still almost made it. You yeah. Know. Then obviously uh, Vasilevsky came in and kind of took his job. But, sure. You know, then he got traded to Dallas, and I think that was the right move. Or would he trade Dallas? He was traded Dallas. Okay. Already time with Dallas. Anyway, either way, either way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see, but um, I think the goaltending market is going to be very interesting in this offseason. We'll get yeah. There's going to be some names. There's a lot of names out there. If the quick thing happens, I know there's definitely. I saw that apparently Crawford might sign a short term deal as long as um, for less money. Yeah. As long as he's like pretty much guaranteed the number one job. Oh, I don't think it's going to be hard for Crawford to beat out Subban. Yeah, so I think that's kind of that's why I think he's kind of like sticking there for less money, right? Which is highly possible. So that's interesting there. So let's see one more bit of NHL news, which we'll talk about the Arizona Coyotes uh, getting the uh, hammer. Yeah, I didn't. I I heard the end of this, but I didn't hear exactly what went down. So basically, they they decided to do some like pre-draft like testing, like fitness test and some other stuff. You're not supposed to do that yet. It's only during during like a certain sanctioned time you can have players like when they have all the hotel rooms right. and you come in there and do interviews and then they do all the testing and stuff. So basically, they lost their they lost their twenty uh, second round pick in the twenty twenty draft and their first round pick in the twenty twenty one. Yikes! So, and they and they traded away their twenty twenty draft pick. Yeah. So they have no first rounders and only a second and no and only a second rounder in the twenty twenty one. For a team that desperately needs it. Needs it. Yeah. Um, so you might see them uh, be very – and mind you, remember they lost their GM because he does up and quit right before the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, other interesting GM news real quick before we – I literally just saw this before we started hitting record. Apparently Florida has interviewed Eddie Olchek. 
Really? For their GM position. Because now Dale Talon decided to uh, quit yep. slash get in trouble for using racist language inside the bubble. Mm. So that's another story, which that looks really bad now, considering everything. So we'll see. There's no other news on that outside of their investigating Dale yeah. Talon for his uh, language inside the bubble. Not like in the future. Not like in the future. It's in the past, like you know, like right. years ago or something like, like that. Like last week. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not, not in the uh, best time. To no, do. no, not no. Not any great time to do that. But anyway... So they basically they were trying to evaluate and draft uh, prospects and try to get around it, and they kept doing it, repeating in duplicate tests like over and over, like to these guys to see like, okay, who are we going to draft, and let's have them do this test over and over again. And you're not supposed to do that yet, and right. they got caught. So the band hammer is down on the, the Arizona Coyotes and a, a, a franchise that's always stuck. Like it looks like they're ready to take a step forward and two steps back. That's what it uh-huh. was this year. Like. They quiet Taylor Hall and stuff. It looks like they're going to. You know, and they thought they were ready to move forward and. Nope. Nope. And it could perpetually stuck. So that's about it for NHL news and news around the league. We were just like, said so Chris was here, so we decided to throw sure. on the mics, and I think it was an important conversation we had earlier. So Agreed. I uh, hope everybody is able to take something from that and uh, move forward with your life. So, And if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it on the page. Let's just please keep it civil. Yeah, that's all we ask. Like, like, do you need the? You if you don't this? agree with me, that's fine. Yeah, we don't I'm care. more than willing to have a discussion with you, but let's let's be polite and let's be civil about it. Yeah, because I'll be honest. Like this, most most people that listen to this have I have, uh, have not met. So right. it's like I'll be civil towards you. Like the person who had to ban this week from the page. I had I literally I had the person. I said, "Thank you for listening." You're not allowed to comment on my page anymore due to the language and what you said on the page because I'm not going to tolerate that. Right. But thank you for listening. Uh, if you uh, want to talk about it, please uh, IM me back, which I might have messed it up because I banned him, so then he probably can't do that. But I don't know how that works. Eh, it's all semantics yeah. at this point. So I haven't heard anything either on my personal page as well. So sure. you must not care enough, which is fine. So anyway, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Maybe we'll squeeze another one before the playoffs are over or something sure. like that. And then, like I said, October, mid-October. Game on. It's going to be interesting. See what happens. I think October 9th, I believe, is going to be the absolute latest where it happens if we still have Alex Petrangelo. Yep. There's work to do, obviously. We'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Yes, so, it will, and a short one. Yeah, definitely for sure. So if you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at BluesHockeyNHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And remember to check out the Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, it's at Blues Hockey Podcast. Just search it, and you'll find us there. And also remember our website is blueshockeypodcast.net, where you can find links to every single podcast we've done. Uh, you have a link to the Blues Hall of Shame. You yep. have uh, links to all our affiliates, which is uh, Rockstar Taco Shack and Upcycle Hockey. We might need to induct the 2020 2020- Blues playoff team, into the, the, hall bubble, the bubble team, not the, the bubble regular. team, not the real team. But the bubble team might go yeah, into the hall. We'll, of have to, we'll have to do some discussions now. So yeah. we also have we have some other uh, we have some stuff in the pipeline too for yep. off season. So we got or the quick off season we have. Yes, uh, which me and Chris are going to discuss after the podcast. So there's a little teaser for you there. So website and also click on the merchandise tab and order any of our new shirts. You can see our uh, very nice models, Maggie and Abby, who yep. were nice enough to model all our new shirts and our new logo design. That are out there, and thanks to Dan, our friend Daniel for taking those pictures. Yes. So check all those links out on our website, blueshockeypodcast.net. And if you want to listen to us, once again, 
the website is the best as a resource, but also you can listen to us on your phone and you can use that using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, all the different cast. Yep. Go ahead and use those. Uh, any more, uh, let's see, socials, socials. Oh, yeah, the usual. Uh, yep. Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I keep saying grinder first? Uh, nothing wrong with that, but yeah, it's so perfect. Grinder. Uh, Friendster. Friendster's still a thing. Sure. MySpace. MySpace. Adult Friend Finder. Yeah. one we always go back Ashley to. Madison. Ashley Madison. Uh, Backpage. Backpage. <laughs> yeah, Backpage. <laughs> Backpage.com. You can find us there. And don't forget about our OnlyFans account. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, so anything, anything. To, There's any, so many people right now whose kids are going, Dad, what's OnlyFans? Yeah. Ask your mother. Anything to keep the uh, anything to keep the uh, lights on at the podcast. That's right. So, once again, thank you for listening, and thanks, uh, thanks for listening to our everything about the podcast and the blues stuff to the NHL being shut down. Yeah, I think it's an important conversation to have. I enjoyed having it. So, once again, we'll. Uh, See you guys sooner than later. See ya.